All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside Harry as always. And today we're going to be joined by Ryan Newtoff. So I will hit the intro music and let's get right into this. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan and Harry, as always. And Harry, I know we always enjoy hearing us talk, but I feel like our listeners today have a lot more to be excited about. Harry, why don't you introduce our guest? All righty. So today we are uh, happy to have one of the Cincinnati Reds prospects who currently is a part of the uh, AAA uh, Louisville Bats, Ryan Newtoff, relief pitcher. Ryan, how you doing today? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. All good. So I think the place we always used to like to start off with is your 2022 season just wrapped up. You pitched to an amazing 3.05 ERA, appeared in 43 games, a fully healthy season for you. So your thoughts in general on how you think the season went being in AAA and sort of pitching to a really great season. Yeah, I thought it was like a, a good place to come back from. Obviously, uh, 2020 was a season for a lot of minor league guys and guys in pretty much every level had got affected by. And I unfortunately had Tommy John right as that 2020 ended into 2021 spring training. Missed two years in a row. So this year I was really trying to have a bounce back season and kind of get my feet back underneath me again and just get my name back on the map in the Oregon and baseball again. So I was, I was happy with how it went. And I'm obviously there's always the things you want to, you want to go better. And I'm going to work on those things and come back next year even better. But I thought it was a solid start to get back on track with what I want to do here. Awesome. Yeah. And how was that hiatus on you as a player, you know, not playing since 2019 before this past season, you know, do you think that perhaps there were any benefits in taking some form of like extended step back? Yeah, definitely. Like you, like for the first time in my career since I've been playing baseball, even back when I was young, I really it's been kind of nonstop. I mean, you have your off season stuff, but when a season's been playing, I've been involved. So having like a like a new perspective on like watching a season progress without being involved in it, you kind of get a little bit different perspective. And there's a lot of things that go along with that too. It's just easier to kind of watch and have a different mentality while watching when you know you're not out there playing so I feel like I picked up some things and really figured out my own routines and what my body needs to get ready and just had a time to like kind of experiment with different routines and different workouts and different nutritional things and just kind of get a real understanding of what I need to do and that time off really allowed me to kind of find that and I felt pretty honed in with that throughout the season I had some good routines to fall back on when times weren't great and when times were, I had the tools as well to just keep that going without, like, you know, letting anything spiral out of control. And then, obviously, as a professional athlete, especially as a reliever, you probably love that batter versus pitcher desire to try to knock down every single hitter possible and sort of that tough competition that you face on a daily basis. So what was it like during that 2021 season where you didn't have sort of the opportunity to be competitive pitch by pitch, game by game situation, but still trying to stay motivated probably knowing, all right, 2022 is going to be that year where I'm back out there, but sort of what happened during 2021 that you did instead of that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the guys that play at this level, they, they're very competitive people, including myself. So you don't lose that like need for competition, even when you're not in the game. So I found other ways to compete that would be like bettering myself. So during my rehab group, I 
made some competitions like with lifts. We tried to outlift each other, outrun each other. I pretty much just make a competition out of everything with the things that I could do. And you use that and that kind of makes the days go by a little quicker, makes the the boring, monotonous stuff that is a coming back and through an injury. And you make that a little bit more fun on your dailies and have those other people that are riding with you. And it's honestly a, it was a pretty good time to compete with those guys in the gym and do all those things to get back. Like we just always mess with each other like, oh, I'm going to come back and be better than you and <laughs> kind of poke at each other that way. And I thought that was a really, really powerful thing. I mean kind of get your brothers during that during the dark days of july in arizona yeah and and kind of speaking of brotherhood you know you were a part of a really you know you had a really successful college baseball career is you know playing for a high level program in michigan um you know i think you guys advanced to the regionals twice when you were on the team yeah uh, how is it like kind of playing for such a high level college baseball program and you know what kind of came with that yeah, so we had a really, really strong leader at Michigan with Coach Eric Backich, who's now at Clemson. And he, from day one of stepping foot on campus, set the example uh, or the standard, I'll say, of what it means to be a Michigan baseball player. And to this day, I mean, it's been carried through. He's he's brought every single new generation of Michigan baseball players in on these standards of, like, hard work, just being an ethical player and on and off the field, like, I don't know, just all around well-rounded person. And that shapes you into a better version of yourself. And then when you have a group of 25, 30 guys on a team all going through that and having that same background and culture set in through that leader, it really comes together and shows on the field. So I think he really sets the tone with that. And being a part of that program was special because of him. And uh, I think he's going to do great things at Clemson as well. And, and you were a starter on that team, if I'm uh, yeah. if I'm recalling correctly. How is kind of the transition from going from being a starting pitcher in college to a reliever at you know where you currently are? Yeah, so I didn't like relieving immediately off the bat, just because when you're a starter, you got your week to build up. You know exactly when you're throwing. You didn't have to worry about not having enough time to get ready or being thrown into a terrible situation in the game, but. Little by little, as I got more reps and more appearances out of the pen, you kind of get used to uh, creating a routine to get ready fast when they call your name. Hey, be ready for the next guy. That's a big jump from being like, oh, I have a week to get ready for this <laughs> for this next start. So you kind of build off those and you learn and talk to other relievers who've been doing it for a while. And you pick up on things to get yourself ready and get yourself right, have the right mentality. It's a little bit of a shift. Um, and I think just – getting more reps in with that it's been it's been a smoother transition after like the uh, first year really was just the transition year but now I feel like I'm a reliever (laughs) (laughs) I like it then obviously probably that transition happened from college to being in professional ball was that sort of the biggest sort of change that you had to make from being a college pitcher to a professional pitcher were there other sort of things that people might not think about as a difference, I know one thing that comes to mind immediately is the metal bat versus wood bat. All of a sudden, you can jam guys and it's not going to go 300 feet because they have an insane bat. But anything else that's sort of different between, I know you were at a great college baseball program, but the difference between college versus Reds organization. Yeah, there's, I mean, style-wise, in terms of play, I think pro ball is a little bit faster paced than college baseball. I feel like the run, like not that it's not, emphasize now but like holding on runners and like every small part of the game seemed longer like we'd have longer sign sets from the catcher looking at the middle infielder for signs for how many looks we need to do and it kind of was a slower paced game but in pro ball it speeds up a little bit and uh 
guys pretty much know what they're doing out there across the board and uh, the coaches and staff for these organizations are all experienced and done it for a long time and uh, kind of gets you to that higher playing speed. So that that's one thing. Another thing too, is it's a lot more diverse of like the different players. Cause there's so many international players that play now um, in pro ball as opposed to college. And you just, you learn and meet these guys and get through language barriers and, learn how to communicate and interact with those teammates and stuff too. That was another change that it's just a different lifestyle of being on the road with these guys. And you're playing 140 games in minor league season with all strangers that could be new guys in and out. So that's, that's really the big adjustment on the field. Obviously the talent, the talent rises as you go up and getting into pro ball. Um, there's very wide ranges, especially early on the lower levels of your pro career. You got guys that just came out from the draft first round phenoms that are coming through. And then you got guys that have been in rookie ball for a few years and haven't really gotten their feet underneath them with their career all on the same team. So there's there's pretty wide ranges. And as you go up, it starts to like tighten itself up at that higher level. And that's how you really adjust. So, I mean, I thought that was, those were probably the biggest changes that I've noticed throughout that transition. And, you know, was there really any big adjustment? Because you were promoted midway through the year. Was there anything really different that changed from maybe your preparations process or just kind of the way that you, that operations worked from double A AA to triple A or really just from any other level in general? Yeah, I mean, preparation wise, I feel like that's going to stay the same with me no matter what level, just to get myself correct. I think the only thing in that world of preparation is maybe the scouting is a little bit more important with these guys. Cause I mean, triple A players, guys that have big league time coming up and down and stuff like that. They they're good at what they're good at. They pay, they get paid too. And if you could find ways to beat them, you're going to want to attack those things because they have their strengths and you want to match those up with your strengths and uh, attack them that way. So I think that's kind of a area of more emphasis and importance going up through the double uh, A into triple A is, that stuff seemed to matter more guys when you threw it to their zones that we know are hot, they didn't miss it as much where as at lower levels, maybe guys hit two out of 10 mistakes. Now they might hit four out of 10 mistake pitches, maybe even more. So I think just that scouting and preparation for who the hitters are and what the teams like to do, their kind of approach is uh, probably the biggest change that I've noticed going up. And then obviously, as you guys are scouting more, fans are probably starting scouting as well. The AAA roster is more than a single A or double A prospect. So for fans who don't know who you are, if you want to give a little, I don't know if it's a pitch about yourself, but more sort of who is Ryan as the pitcher? Is he the fastball guy? Is he the strikeout guy? Is he about to be a finesse pitcher? What sort of, what do Reds fans like Harry have to get excited about with your major league debut, hopefully coming soon? Oh, it will come soon. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I just... You know, I'm a fastball, curveball, primarily guy, uh, mid-90s. I'm going to attack, and I want to win out there just as bad as those fans want us to win, too. So you can expect that hard on the mound, want to win for real, have a genuine will to win. Uh, you can expect that from me. So can't can't change that. I mean, the results will be as they are and keep working for those. But the mentality is there and the heart is there and in it to win. So they can expect to see that. I like it. Mm-hmm strikeouts or letting your defense kind of do the work which one do you have to prefer i like punching tickets no, <laughs> that's not the best thing that I do. ever since i stopped hitting hitting a home run used to be the best feeling but strikeout now is a close second if not tied for it now i love that and uh you know 
Alexis Diaz, I know he's a he's an awesome example of a Reds prospect who maybe didn't get as much credit as he probably should have back when he was a prospect. Were you guys ever teammates at one point? I can't. No, remember. we never played together on the same team, but obviously being in the same organization, we run across each other. And I've seen him work, and I mean, hats off to him. He had an incredible, incredible mm-hmm. year from any standard, let alone a rookie. So I'm excited to see what yeah. he brings on in his in his next year now, his sophomore campaign, and. I'm expecting to see more of the same. That guy's legit. His fastball, I mean, guys just swing right through that at a crazy rate. It's it's pretty fun to watch. He's really good. Yeah, and what do you – do you think that his success – his immediate success really kind of can pave the way for, you know, a guy like yourself who can mm-hmm. just kind of make that transition right to the bigs and really show that you can actually, you know, hold your own with the best of the best? Yeah, seeing seeing a guy like that who was in Chattanooga the year before um, go up into the big leagues and have such an impact. He was a late-inning reliever, you know, a high-leverage situation guy who uh, the manager trusted to put the ball in his hand in these situations. That's a major transition going from that, from double-A. And uh, he did it. And I think that just shows, you know, guys like me in my situation as well that it's possible and you don't have to be some superhero robot who's perfect for every every single pitch or anything like that. Like you can go out there and compete with your stuff and make it work. And he's he's a great example of that. And he's been dominant. Man. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we're going to have we have a couple fun questions for you. The name of the podcast is Side Retired. So we're thinking asking you a couple of questions and the side will be retired type of thing. Semi-related to baseball questions, some pretty fun questions if you're game for it. All right, let's do it. All right. So the first one that came up is when we found out that you're from Illinois, we made or Illinois, we made the fun assumption. Does that mean you grew up a Cubs fan and now you're in the Reds organization? Or how's that working? I mean, my Chicago family and friends will be disappointed to know that I grew up a White Sox fan. Yeah, my mom and grandpa were just massive. I mean, diehard White Sox fans. My mom always tells me to this day, if you ever pitch against the White Sox, I don't know if I could root for you for sure. <laughs> I'm like, wow, it's cold out there, huh? <laughs> I love it. And then obviously you just mentioned you love strikeouts. So if there is a big league hitter out there that you think, wow, I really want to strike out player X. And if you're and when you're in the major leagues and you do strike him out, who is that player that's going to be that realization moment? Oh, man, there's a lot that I want to. <laughs> I'm probably the best person I can find is kind of like that. Oh, in a fight, you want to pick the biggest guy. <laughs> I want to go after the best hitter in the league. So I guess right now I would want to go after Aaron Judge and strike him out. That would feel pretty good. I mean, hats off to him. Obviously doing it out there. So that would be that would be a good one to take out. Who is who's the best hitter that you have ever faced, you know, up to this point? Could be, you know. Some guy who is on a major league, you know, yeah. rehab stint could be someone in third grade who is, you know, really <laughs> incredible at the time. <laughs> Actually, so yeah, he's in the big leagues now. Nick Madrigal, he wow. is probably the most pesky, tough hitter I've <laughs> ever faced. And I've only faced him a handful of times, and he just does not swing and miss. One, two, his zone discipline is incredible. He just knows the zone. He like balls on the edge, he just spits on. Like he knows exactly. Like he could see the box that you see on TV. It's like, <laughs> and uh, he could put the barrel to the ball. So I mean, that guy is a very, very tough at bat. And I don't think I've had someone annoy me more <laughs> in the box than him. So he's, I think he's a good hitter. Great. 
I think technically you're also the first business owner we've ever had on the podcast. A quick look at the Instagram bio says you're okay. the owner of RJN Homes. Is there anything fun about that story or what is, what's that yeah. about? Yeah, so I just originally, quick synapse of the story, I guess, is when I first signed in 2017, I was like, I mean, this isn't going to last me forever. You can't play until you're 60. So I want to start something in the background a little bit. So I bought my first rental property and I partnered with my dad on it because I was like, hey, I, I'm i scared to use my money realistically. I didn't I didn't really have a ton of confidence going into my first investment. So I was like, let's partner up on this thing and uh, get our first one done and get it under us. And little did I know that that would lead into me learning how to build homes. So I started building new construction homes with the guy who built the home that I bought the <laughs> rental property from. And that one thing turned into another. We started just cranking out new construction homes in uh, central Florida. So that's been growing and taking up some of my uh, my free time. And I love it. I have, a, I have a pretty good passion for real estate now being a part of it. And uh, I want to continue to grow with that even after my playing days are over. So that's a, it's a, something that I didn't expect that I'd ever be involved with, but I'm glad I am because it just worked out the way I guess it was supposed to. Yeah, if any of our viewers need a home in, in Central Florida, <laughs> Ryan yeah. Nudolf, that's your guy. Let me know. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I have personally one more. I think Dylan might at the end, but, you know, Michigan, obviously huge rivals with Ohio State. The mm -hmm. big football game is coming up, I think, two weeks from now. Who you got? Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry to your Ohio fan listeners that may uh, both like uh, the Reds and Ohio State, but <laughs> Michigan's going to be on that spiritual mission this year for that, uh, that final four college football playoff. Awesome. And now, so we're at Great American Ballpark. We're going to set the stage. It's 20, maybe 2027. The Cincinnati Reds are in the World Series. It's game seven. You're coming in to close the game out. Alexis Diaz is now your setup, man. You're the closer now. You're the guy. The trumpets were playing in the eighth inning because maybe he copies his brother now. <laughs> but what song is pumping at Great American Ballpark as you're running in to close out a World Series game? All right, this may surprise you, but I've been rocking with this walkout for a while now. The Pirates of the Caribbean theme song, <laughs> I know you know it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that thing gets me going. I'm not going to shy away from that one in that situation. It's going to be bumping. <laughs> that is a perfect pick. All right, well, hopefully not against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but yeah. then things might be <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> all righty, well, Harry, unless you have anything else to add in, Ryan, we definitely appreciate all the time, all the fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Everything I know. Yeah, Harry's now for having me out, guys. Yeah, of course. I know Harry's now next year when you're pitching for the Reds, he's going to text you saying, our guy's pitching right now. Let's go. Um, yeah, you guys better. Oh, yeah. Talking. We'll do another one then right after. Yes, um, sir. Great. Awesome. Well, hope you have a great off season, a great 2023 season. Hopefully we'll speak to you before then, but we're looking forward to all the fun success in the majors with the Reds coming up soon. All right. Well, all thank right. you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so thank much. Thank you very much. Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the Cincinnati Reds, NFL, and NHL. 
Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Well, Harry, that was a great interview we just finished up. Ryan Newtoff with the Cincinnati Reds. You're sure excited to hear that one. Anything you want to say about that? Not a whole lot. I mean, Ryan Newtoff, a flame-throwing prospect, a guy that many people in the Reds community are very, very high on. And I'm really excited that we were able to talk to him. And don't be surprised if you see his name called in the major leagues this year. So Could be exciting. Rule 5 draft is very soon. Who knows what happens there? But I know a lot to talk about. We're extremely excited to have Ryan on with us talking baseball. And it sounds like once that Major League debut happens, he can come on again in the future. But for Dylan, James, Harry, and Jack, until the next time, the side is retired. <laughs>